You're listening to Left of the Dial. I'm your host, Kitsy, and with me once again is the unforgettable Caleb Coy. Aw, unforgettable. That's what you are. That's what I... I don't know. Hi. Hi. Hello. How are you? I am... I'm well. We have a special guest with us today. We have Anika Pyle. Anika, welcome. Thank you for having me. You are... Thank you for being here. It's yeah. Great to have you. You're, uh, you just put out a new, a new record. I did. I did put out a record. And we're going to talk about it. But the first track uh, that we listened to was not on that record, correct? Yes. Yes, you are correct. It was a single from last year. You want to tell us a little bit about the song? Sure. Um, yeah, I don't know why. I, I was like, I should be promoting this record that I just put out. But I <laughs> felt like I wanted to include this song because, um, yeah, just wanted to like highlight it, give it a little love. Um, it's kind of a, a song about living an authentic life. Um, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, 
finding your frequency, as RuPaul would say. Okay. Um, right on. And yeah, it's a little bit about kind of accepting sort of a queer identity and, um, you know, considering the ways in which our personhood is often more poetic than it is uh, rational and, and informed by reason. You know, we're complex and multifaceted human beings and sometimes, you know, embrace our emotionality over our, our rational problem solving. Um, and, and life is often not as cut and dry as you think it is. Um, yeah. And I just really love the song and it's really different from, from the record that I just put out. So kind of, um, represents sort of the, that I'm, I'm a little more multifaceted as a, as a songwriter too. So yeah, I like the uh, the last point that you just made that it uh, it is very different from the, from the record that we're going to talk about, and that was really cool because I'm being introduced to your stuff now, like for this episode. I, mm. I was unfamiliar with any of your work, and uh, this is something that that Kissy and I like to do uh, is share new music and new uh, musical experiences with each other, and. Uh, I think any time that one of us can say, well, I'd never heard of this artist before, uh, we've succeeded in what we're trying to do. Uh, so uh, to to learn uh, like how many different styles that you've approached and different sounds that you've been able to make is, is really neat. And you know, kudos to you for that. Cool. Thanks, Caleb. I, I want to talk about the last line in the song. Mm-hmm. Don't fuck with my joy. Yeah, it's kind of like a little anthem. Kind of, um, you know, I, I have some a few mantras that I abide by, and don't fuck with my joy is sort of this is kind of the idea that you know that people we're we're sort of in control of our own worldview and experience, um, and uh, others can impede on that and can impede on our joy making and our peacekeeping and our peace seeking skills. Um, and so sometimes we have to develop a very strong stance on how to keep the toxicity from, um, permeating our being and don't fuck with my joy. Like I can just see, you know, you put your hands up and you're like, don't fuck with my joy. This is my joy. This is my joy space. Don't fuck with it. Like, you know, you go find your own joy. If you're not here for the joy, then get your blame, shame, fear shit out of the way. I'm, I'm, I'm not here for it. Um, and I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, you know, in terms of, I, I like thinking about embodying, um, your own sort of, especially like a, a gender identity or a, a sexual identity. Um, there's so much bravery and, and joy in living your truth. Um, and a lot of people are dead set on fucking with that joy. Um, mm-hmm. because the way that you authentically represent yourself and live your life is threatening or confusing to others. And, um, and so they're hell bent on fucking with it. And that's unfortunate. Yeah, it is unfortunate. Like, don't do that to people. <laughs> Just don't. Yeah. No. Yeah. But that sense of joy does even like come through in the music of this song too. Like it's mm. it's light. It's, yeah. It's 
fun. It's got it's got a great energy to it. Uh, and when we were listening to it earlier, Kitsi, you pointed out the bass solo in the the middle, yes. and that was the first thing that stood out to me. I was like, this is so great. I love it. Yeah, that's Lou Lou Hanman bass solo. It's a little walky. It's kind of like, like an anthemic, upbeat song, and I think it's a it's a serious juxtaposition. I think sonically too. All the other songs we're we're gonna get into, and oh yeah, but um, but thematically, it's not such a stretch because although you know, and this is jumping ahead a little bit. Although the record that I just put out is very much a record centered around loss and grief, it's also um, sort of continuing that tradition of finding joy through you know connecting with others and connecting to the beauty in the world around you, um, and sort of fiercely defending your joy um and the ability of others to feel to feel happy as well so that's why i included it <laughs> well i'm, I'm glad no, that's a did. good choice yeah yeah it's a it's a it's a good way to start the podcast off but since you mentioned the new record why don't we talk about the new record yeah let's do it uh so it's called wild river mm-hmm. it just came out right mm-hmm. and you can get it everywhere you can get records which is great Yep. Obviously, we, we we can't do the whole record of a podcast. It would be like three hours long because we never shut up. Um, <laughs> but uh, I noticed that you picked uh, a few tracks from the record and you kind of skipped around in, in the order a bit, which surprised me because I did see you tweet just a couple days ago uh, <laughs> that you don't recommend listening to the record on shuffle. It's meant to be listened to in order. Right. Can you can you explain that a little bit? Like, what, like why is that? Well, the record as a whole um, is a very, it's a very sequential experience. And as I've been talking to people about it and kind of my intentions for creating it and how it's been received and listened to is it kind of feels more like an essay or a document than an album. Um, hmm. Or, if, you know, I've heard some people say it feels like an album in, in the album's true sense. And a lot of the time today, you know, we're making music that, is like one, three, and, th- and the last track are the best. And that's what people who are going to create your algorithm are going to listen to. And if you put a weird song on track one, fuck you. No one's going to listen to your record. Um, so that's what you did. I, <laughs> so, that's, <laughs> so I started the record with my grandma on an oxygen machine because I thought that's a great way to get on a playlist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I, I think that I was really just um, – I was trying to tell a story and – um, you know, you can't start on page 65 and, uh, and understand exactly what's going on. But I did strategically choose some, some pieces for our conversation that kind of, you know, since I can't tell the whole story, I can't like give the whole, whole record, um, you know, setting up a, a piece that I've kind of, is not necessarily representative of my past self, but like starting with a, a piece that's not on the record and, and, um, strategically identifying some songs that sort of embody some of the big themes of the record. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, if you're approaching someone's, someone's music and they've spent that much time trying to create a 12 song record, which I think people don't always realize how much goes into it. Um, I suggest for everyone, you should, you know, find a quiet place and start with track one and end on track 13. Um, and, and try to like really connect with what an artist is, is, is presenting to you. It's tough. Cause it's not like you can't accomplish something really powerful with a, with one, with a single, you know, and sometimes I feel like 
there are EPs out there that are so life-changing, but people almost like, it's almost worse to make an EP. It's like <laughs> that just gets skipped <laughs> over entirely for, for some people. And I mean, even the way that like Spotify sets up your discography, it's like EPs they're separate kind of from like albums. Yeah. shoved down. Yeah. Yep. Um, even though they're, they're very much part of somebody's, I think, journey or discography. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting how much like, like I almost didn't press the record to vinyl because I pressed it myself. Um, and so it's a big out of pocket expense. Um, it's my first solo record, so I wasn't sure how it would be received. And so it's also a risk. Um, and also vinyl is a PVC product. It's an oil product. And sometimes, you know, as I'm trying to live a life that is facing a changing climate and the melting of our total um, ecosystem. <laughs> uh, I was like, should I be making this thing that, you know, could end up in a landfill? Um, but when I listened to it, I did press it to vinyl. Um, and when I listened to it on vinyl for the first time, I was like, this isn't, this is the most appropriate medium to experience it. I think for, for those uh, out there who may want to check out your record on vinyl, I didn't even know it was on vinyl. So I'm very excited now. Um, mm. where could they find it? I recommend buying it from anikapile.com. Okay. You can also get it on Bandcamp, but I, I like to direct folks to my website because, because it's kind of like a one-stop shop. Sure. Um, and yeah, so you can buy it in both places. If you want it, I would get it quickly because there's not many left. Cool. And I, I imagine too, like going to your website, more of the, more of the money goes directly to you. I'm, I'm sure. Right. Is that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't have to pay the, the Bandcamp processing fee. So that yeah. helps. Which is. Yeah. Definitely awesome because, uh, you know, I don't know if anyone's noticed out there, but musicians haven't really been touring and making a lot of money in the past year or so. <laughs> so uh, every little bit helps. Uh, yeah. So if you're enjoying what you hear today, head over to anikapile.com. We'll have that in the show notes as well uh, and pick up a copy of this record. But uh, we've talked about it a lot, but we haven't actually heard anything from the record yet. So why don't we go ahead and uh, listen to Monarch Butterflies?
yeah, this song, I think it's the, if I'm, if I'm recalling correctly, it's the only song on the record that is just me and a guitar. Um, even though most of the record is very sparsely arranged and I kind of played around with adding some things to this song, but it was very, it's a very straight, it's kind of a very straightforward message. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked that it was just like, it, it, I don't know, you kind of get the, the vision of, um, like someone sitting on a porch and just playing, yeah, playing the song yeah. into, into the wind sort of. Um, and I kind of liked that that feeling um i almost feel like i kind of want like some rain hitting a tin roof quietly in the background as i listen mm -hmm. to the song you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah it kind of you can kind of like this song actually um so about a year ago wow a year ago now um my partner roger and i were had flown to la to start a tour with um john allison weiss's other project charlie mountain and we were on the way to south by southwest and we flew on like march 12th march 11th i think so the whole world sort of like melted as we um, (laughs) were were flying over and you know we had to cancel the tour obviously south by southwest got canceled but we didn't want to fly home because everything was so uncertain so um we ended up driving from los angeles to philadelphia and stopping in a bunch of national parks on the way we got a national parks pass kind of just to like experience things but avoid people since we were making our way anyway um and so it's really smart yeah yeah it was really a special moment actually and so we played we were like roger had this idea to kind of play songs out in the open um and share them with people since we couldn't tour we might as well play music anyway and so i played this song in saguaro national park in Arizona with a bunch of cacti. Um, and it just, it's about nature, you know, it's about kind of both the unpredictability of it. Um, and the just sort of inherent, um, complexity and, and beauty of it and kind of how, you know, when you're out in someplace really beautiful, like Saguaro national park, or you're watching, you know, a thousand butterflies migrate, above you or you're in, you know, the Grand Canyon or these kind of really beautiful, incredible natural environments. It, it's just, you don't need anything else. It's just Mm -hmm. enough. Um, and yeah, the song is kind of, um, beckoning the listener to, you know, find those experiences, even in the middle of the city on the bus. Um, even if you're, you know, all you're going to do that day is sit on your zoom and, and drink coffee it's like you can kind of create these moments um you know it's sort of like the the a great transition from the theme of like don't fuck with my joy because joy is all around us and um don't fuck with the butterfly's joy either okay so yeah yeah. (laughs) um restore biodiversity (laughs) or else none of us are gonna have a planet to feel joy anymore um So I I love that recurring line in this song. Isn't that isn't that enough? Like you yeah. you point out some of the bad in the world, but then there's there's these little beautiful things, and like even if like just for right now, like can't that just be enough? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's that's a really beautiful sentiment. Uh, why don't we move on to the next track that you wanted to talk about, which I believe was uh, Windy City. 
this song really ties in a lot of the themes of the record. And one way it does that is kind of by concluding with my grandmother, um, who is speaking to her grandchildren um, about, you know, the things that she learned from her parents. And the, the recitation at the end is, um, you know, the question that she was asked was, you know, what did you learn from Mammy and Pappy that you want to pass on to people that really helped you in your life? And, um, you know, the voice that you hear is her responding to that question. And, um, you know, and so it, it, she says a few things like, you're not going to be happy all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which is, is quite true. Yep. <laughs> and Can confirm. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and life is, you know, she talks about how, you know, she uses some interesting words like you can live a satisfying, adequate life. You know, she doesn't say like, you can have everything that you want in the world. You can be the president of the United States and the owner of a million dollar scrunchie company. Um, you know, she says that you can learn to take care of yourself and, and be happy and accept your life and live, live a satisfying life. Um, and she wasn't a woman that, um, you know, some, some people call this ordinary courage. It's a, it's a social work term and it's kind of the idea that, um, you know, in our society, we talk about how special, like, you know, we're obsessed with being special and our lives being like very successful and having all of these outward accolades, um, when really what keeps the world going around are these moments of ordinary courage where people are being their authentic selves and, um, and, you know, like living in justice, injustice, not living injustice, <laughs> um, uh, embodying justice, um, and love and kindness. And it takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable and live your life in connection and not disconnection. And, you know, a lot of themes, you know, a big theme throughout the record is sort of this juxtaposition between success and failure and how, you know, another, another blow that life sort of deals us is, constant setback. And, um, you know, we have to learn how to look at failure as a lesson and how to incorporate it sort of in our entire quilt of life. Um, and, and yeah, sort of re-engineer our, our thoughts about success and, um, you know, status and satisfaction. And I think that, you know, the, the rec, the end of the song is, you know, she says, go with love. And that's kind of, um, I think the, the largest, um, contributor of, of my water cycle is, uh, you know, and, and that what feeds into my river the most is, you know, I'm not a, a, you know, at the end of my dad's life, at the end of my life, um, I, you know, I'm probably not going to be Beyonce or a fabulous, uh, <laughs> celebrity but if i say you know that i I was guided by love then um i've lived a good life yeah that's beautiful thank you uh why don't we go ahead and we'll listen to windy city uh take a quick break here from our sponsors and we come back uh we'll talk about a few more songs off of wild river so stay tuned
and I'm here with a brand new show called Fight Jokes About Everything. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we're going to bring up a brand new topic, something that's hot on the internet because, because I live on the internet. And we're going to take those silly things and we're going to joke about them and we're going to you know, talk a little bit about the history of them and talk about why the internet is such a terrible but wonderful place. So please join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for this brand new Night Shift Radio original. For more information, go to nightshiftradio.com and of course, subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Hi, I'm Sarah Sweeney, host of the new podcast, Latchkey Kids. Right now, we're all at home left to our own devices without any adult supervision. Each weekish, I'll talk to my fellow Latchkey Kids about what they're up to, how they're wasting time, and, because I can, make them perform a dramatic reading of a TV show theme song. So join me wherever you get your podcasts. Mindless monsters, once thought human, fill the streets. A corrupt government threatens the lives of the people it's meant to serve. 
This sounds a little too familiar. Is this real life? Or a video game you can play for fun? Shift Alt Q, Night Shift Radio's newest original production, is your LGBTQ centered source for creative and thoughtful discussions and news at the intersection of gaming, diversity, and community. You can expect unboxings, game reviews, let's plays, community nights, celebrations of what video games are doing right, critical conversations about where the gaming industry needs to do better, and so much more. Be the first to know when new episodes drop by following us on Twitter and Instagram at NSR Shift Alt Q. And on Twitch at Shift Alt Q to join the community. For more information about Shift-Alt-Q, visit nightshiftradio.com.
You're still listening to Left of the Dial. I am still Kitsy. Caleb is still unforgettable. Hi. Hi. <laughs> and we are still fortunate enough to be talking with Anika Pyle about her new record, Wild River. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, so you want to tell us about the song we just listened to? Yes. This is, I think, probably the most important song to me on the record. Um it's kind of a direct communication to my dad. Um, and, you know, I mentioned before that the record is sort of about loss and grief and um, was, you know, put together in response to his passing in late um, 2019. And so this song is, you know, he, he passed away. And the day after I found out I woke up and wasn't really sure what to do. Um, as many people who've experienced loss, um, you know, you're kind of in shock. And mm -hmm. so I kind of, I just sat at the piano in the morning and, um, just tried to gather my thoughts and, um, you know, I use songwriting as a tool to kind of process, uh, my experience. And so I sat at the piano and just kind of tried to get out what I was thinking and feeling. And, um, you know, I had this urge to kind of communicate with, with him, um, you know, as it's a very jarring thing to, to be like, oh, I can't speak to this person ever again. Um, yeah, yeah. you know, and that's why people see mediums and see psychics and, you know, there's sort of this desperate dash to, 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 you know, speak to this person. Um, and I guess this was kind of my desperate, desperate dash to do that and kind of make sense of, of what was happening. And, you know, I, I don't have firmly held life after death beliefs. I'm a spiritual person, but don't adhere to a religious dogma. And, um, you know, I think the closest thing that I can get to believing in what happens when we die is that, you know, matter is neither created nor destroyed and our energy, um, exists in the world. And, so this song kind of references, you know, where I think my dad's energy is. And, you know, there's sort of this, this vision of him riding a Harley and, um, you know, because he, although he wasn't, um, I'm not sure he ever actually rode a Harley in his lifetime. Um, <laughs> he, it was something that kind of scared him. Um, he wasn't much of a, like, you know, he was a soft, gentle man with a desire to be a bad boy. I think, um, <laughs> you know, he was a, he was a still country Creek with a desire to be a wild river. Um, and that's kind of one of the themes on the record. So I kind of imagined where I thought he would be, which is finally getting on that Harley and like taking a midnight ride and feeling this sort of freedom and, um, you know, um, and also seeing him in kind of, um, just like the energy around me. And, um, when we, 
we took a walk, um, you know, after I learned that he had passed and I just kind of needed to get out of the house and it was sort of a sunny afternoon and I passed this bed of flowers, um, orange flowers. And, you know, sometimes I think we're searching for signs and we're sort of seeing the person that we've lost in, in kind of everything. And I just kind of had this moment where I was like, oh, that's my dad giving me a little, you know, it's my dad telling me something. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of what, what inspired this, this song. And it's sort of just, you know, this is what you're listening to is really like the song from start to finish. You know, I sat down and an hour later, this song is exactly how you're hearing it. Um, I mean, I recorded it later on, but yeah, it was just sort of a direct translation of what I was feeling. And, and to me, those moments are, those songwriting moments are really um, like spiritual moments. They're like moments of meditation or moments of prayer, um, you know, whatever that, you know, I, that's, that's what I liken it to um, because it just seems so like almost, yeah, like an out of body experience kind of. Um, and and yeah, this is sort of the most direct piece to honor my dad on the record. So it's really important to me. One of the things I'm curious about, uh, I know that in addition to music, you also do uh, visual arts and you also uh, write poetry. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, like, the the structure of a lot of these songs feels very much like poetry put to music, which I, I think I've read is was very much the intent. Mm-hmm. Um, is that kind of how you think when you when you write songs? You like do you set out to write poetry that you can put to music, or is it just like the way that you naturally flow comes out that way? Like do you, do you have a, a set approach? I think it depends on the on the song, um, and a lot of I do find that like sometimes putting the pen to paper it allows me to get at my feelings the most. Um, and oftentimes the song will reference, like I'll pull from the poetry to build a more traditional song. Um, and you know, like poetry versus reason, for instance, um, the first verse was a poem called Mm. love, love letter to a manic depressive. And I wrote the rest of the song sitting at my, this desk that I'm sitting at tapping the beat. Um, right on. And, Very cool. you know, when I was putting the song together, I was like, oh, this, you know, sometimes you don't know exactly where a thing is going to fit. And then mm-hmm. you've already said what you're trying to say. And so I kind of just put them together. Um, and then, you know, this very like structured song sort of came out. But, um, you know, it, it depends. And then sometimes I'll sit down and I'm, I'm like, I need first course, first course. And this is the song that I want to write. Um, but I think definitely for wild river, the process was, um, yeah, it, it, it's a lot more, um, it's not a hit factory. <laughs> it's very much <laughs> like a, <laughs> um, sort of weird and a, a, a little, um, expose of the inner workings of my, my personal journal, I think. While we're on the, the topic of like your other writing and your other artwork, there's a book that goes along with this. Mm-hmm. Is it, am I reading that correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tell you, us about that. The whole thing is kind of just, I do collage work. So they're all, each page is full color and it has a collage and 
like photos and the lyrics and poetry from the record and then all the acknowledgements um, and credits from the record. And um, yeah, I've always wanted to publish a book and it felt it was part of my vision for the, the record. I knew that I wasn't going to make CDs or tapes and um, I wanted to have something you know, because this record reads so much more kind of like a document, it felt right to have something to accompany with it that you could read. And yeah, and so it's really only available on vinyl or book. And um, yeah, that felt very, very right for this, this piece. That is very cool. Yeah, I like that a lot. And I, I imagine that book can be purchased at anecopile.com as well. Yes, it can. <laughs> Excellent. So why don't we go ahead and hear uh, Emerald City real quick? Yes.
I do have a question about this song mm-hmm. that I actually thought of uh, in the first half, but held on because I realized that we were talking about this one in the second half. Um, we talked uh, previously about Windy City, which is the the last track on the record, mm-hmm. and Emerald City's the second track, um, but they start very similarly in a way that feels like bookends on the record, mm-hmm. you know, beautifully done. Um, but they're both they're moving in the same geographic direction, but in a way that doesn't work chronologically. Yeah. Help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> um, you know, there's a there is a so Emerald City is um, you know some have called Seattle the Emerald City. Mm-hmm. And this Thank song, you. I didn't want to ask, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah. um, and so this this song is, yeah. I mean, I guess you're right. They they are both moving. They are moving westward. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know that wasn't, um, I guess, necessarily intentional. But if I'm gonna like think about it and read into it, um, you know, there's something about moving west. I'm from the west. I'm from Colorado. Um, mm-hmm. And there's sort of a a narrative about onward and upward, moving out to the West, striking gold, trying to find your, find yourself, find your purpose, find your life, find your fortune. Um, so that's an interesting post record observation. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're both, it is kind of a bookend to the record. Um, I think you can kind of look at wild river, the song as an intro in an intro, like the whole thing is like sort of, it's three separate introductions. There's, it's introducing my grandmother. It's introducing poetry and the idea of failure. And I'm wishing that I had included this song in our, in our, in our talk, but that's, I'm just keeping you hanging. You're going to have to go listen to the record. <laughs> yeah. um, yes. Uh, and then it's kind of, it's setting up this sort of, um, you know, theme and, and yeah. So Emerald city and, and Windy city are, are sort of this introduction and conclusion in, in a yeah. way. And Emerald City is very much sort of this question. The whole thing is kind of this huge, um, you know, why can't I have the line, like, why can't I have the things that I'm after? Sort of like, why doesn't life work in the way that it should? You know, why why do bad things happen to good people? Why um, is it so hard to feel gratitude and appreciation, um, you know, to count our blessings? The song was born out of a, a trip through Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, um, mm-hmm. which is significant for a few reasons, but one of which is um, there's a lake in Coeur d'Alene that is like one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. And it really felt sort of like this, um, this secret, like the earth's secret, yeah. um, you know, and what is the secret that earth is keeping? And that is that like, um, you know, within this sort of within the banality is something really beautiful. And, um, it kind of just opens up to you. Like you're driving through Idaho and you're like, well, this is just, okay, 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 okay. You know? And then you're coming around Mm -hmm. the curve and you're like, holy fuck, there's this like incredible secret lake that is like, you know, the most beautiful blue. It's reflecting the most beautiful blue of the sky. And, um, uh, yeah, it's kind of like, you never know what you will discover on your, on your journey. Another interesting fun fact 
Act is a book that really shaped me as a young person um, and, you know, was kind of like, uh, I wouldn't say, yeah, it was my favorite book for a really long time. I used to reread it every year. I just reread it again this year. It's called Walk Two Moons and it is about a young girl who loses her mother um, in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Yeah. So there's sort of like a, a literary significance there as well. It's taking you to a forever. I mean, life is a, is this kind of forever forward moving in the same direction experience, but it's constantly sort of winding and bringing it back around on itself or, you know, looking in the past and trying to make sense of it from Emerald city to windy city. You're in a very different place. Um, yeah. even though, you're in the same place, <laughs> you know, you're on the same highway in very different parts of the country. Um, it's funny because they may not be the exact places that you were writing about, but like when I read these lyrics, I have very specific, uh, visual memories that I relate to, to the words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I West to Seattle and, uh, you know, Canyon where the earth briefly cracked up. And like, I picture things that I've experienced along that same route uh, and it's it's very iconic. So the last song we're going to talk about uh, today is called Haiku for Everything You Loved and Miss. Mm-hmm. And this song, I mean, all the songs on this record, or most of the songs on this record, but this one in particular, really gives me uh, some serious uh, Lila Foy vibes, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, we covered one of her records a few episodes ago. Um and it's it's one of my favorites. Uh, it just kind of came out of nowhere for me. Um, and this has a very similar kind of like vibe and feeling to it. Uh, so if you like that record, you probably like this one too. And if you <laughs> like this you. one, go back and listen to that one because it's, it's great. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm unfamiliar, but I'll have to check it out. You should definitely um, check it out. It's called. Uh, I think I've been calling it Mirrors in the Sky for like eight years, but it's actually Mirrors the Sky. So. <laughs> Um, but it's uh, it's a it's a really good really good record. Cool. So um, I think yeah, if, if you like the record you just made, which I'm assuming that you do, yeah. uh, <laughs> you will probably like that record a lot. I'm gonna check it out. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I like this song. It's it's kind of dancey in a sad way. Yeah. <laughs> sad dancing, if you can imagine that. I don't know. I I actually can't imagine that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so it looks like, however, maybe not like strict to format like this, like each verse, so to speak of this is a haiku. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah. 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 Uh, everything except for the chorus, the chorus is not quite a haiku, but everything else is, um, neat. And yeah, this is a, this is very much the, an example of poem set to music song. It started as a, a long series of haiku. And then the chorus was a separate poem and, um, and yeah, I just really put it, put it to, to a loop. Um, and it's a companion to Emerald city and windy city in, in that it kind of is a reflective, um, the, the reflection actually mirror mirrors the sky. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's, you know, it's like what you see back, what you look at in the mirror and see back is not quite 
the same perception of reality. Um, and when you look back on everything you loved and miss, um, it's never really the same as it was when you loved it. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, that's kind of a, an exploration of like when you lose something, you know, a person or relationship, um, for instance, you, um, the loss kind of inherently changes your perception and your memory is infallible. Um, and so, you know, whether for good or for worse, better or for worse, um, you know, you, you, your perception of, um, how you remember something is never quite the same. And, you know, in, in so much as it relates to the grieving process, it's like, um, you know, if you have a troubled relationship with someone who dies or you don't have a perfect relationship with someone who dies, um, or the, the person who dies is not perfect and has made their own kinds of mistakes, you have a choice to remember them for, you know, to remember someone as the worst thing they did or to remember someone as the, the best things that they brought to your life. In thinking about all the significant losses in my life, that's a choice that I have to make. You know, I have to accept the reality of it, but understand that my reality is, you know, what is truth is truth with the capital T is an elusive thing, especially um, when something is no longer in the present and it's very much in the past tense. If you're on the journey, it's kind of like, it's not quite exactly answering the question that Emerald City asks you, but it, it gets you closer to the sort of like ability to sit and reflect peace with peace and love that you come to by the end of the record. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. No, that, Does that anything make sense? sense? Well, and I, I love that like you, you, presented at the the very beginning of the episode how this is like one cohesive meant to be like listen to start to finish uh and as we've bounced around a bit like those pieces have come together to show that like that really is something people should do so if you've made it this far and we haven't convinced you to just start at the beginning of the record and listen to all the way through please do yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please do. Yeah, it's, I hope it's I, very much worth it. Thank you. Yeah, I, I feel like maybe I did our listeners a disservice by not taking them on a sequential journey, but you know what? Life is not a it it might convince you that it's sequential from start yeah. to finish, but it's yeah. certainly not. <laughs> yeah, and I I think that that made this a, a really interesting way to experience the the record and to understand uh how it all fits together. Yeah, I, to talk about it as as pieces when really like the pieces are part of a whole. Yeah, it's it's it has definitely clarified many things for me. So thank you. Oh, yeah, <laughs> hey, all right. Um, yeah, and even like illuminated, you know, I I feel like when you're when you're sort of experiencing a piece of art, you make a piece of art, you put it out in the world and then it's it's not necessarily yours anymore and people are going to like you know, think about they're going to imbue their own experience into it. And I really liked, you know, thinking about like the, especially like the the I-90 West going in the same direction. It's like, that's meaningful to me now, even though, you know, and it was meaningful for a reason when I wrote it, but not the same, the same reason that I, I, I think about it now. And so I am grateful for this experience. <laughs> Hooray! Well, we are also grateful for this experience. This has been yeah. lovely chatting with you about your new record. Anika, where can our listeners find you online if they were so inclined? 
Um, they can find me at Anika Sneka, S-N-E-A-K-A, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash Anika Pyle and at anikapyle.com. Excellent. And, uh, of course, you can get the record at anikapyle.com or wherever you get your music. Yes. And, Caleb, what about you? Where can we find you? Oh, well, I am also on Twitter and Instagram at Caleb Micah. And uh, you can find us collectively, Night Shift Radio, at nightshiftradio.com to learn more about all of the uh, the various shows uh, that we that we have, and as well as some uh, some non podcast projects that we we've got in the works, uh, like the brand new Left of the Dial Live that uh, we just launched. Very very exciting. Uh, and while we'll very much uh, say you know support our, our guests uh, first, you know, Anika just mentioned that she has a, a Patreon. Night Shift Radio does also as well, so you can yeah. uh, check that out and. Uh, it's uh, some special, some special uh, bonus content from all of the the various shows that we have, and some behind the scenes look and whatnot. Uh, but Kizzy, what about what about you? You can of course find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hey Kitsy. Hey Kitsy. Hey Caleb. Uh, and you of course can find us at Left of the Dial PC. Uh, the PC does stand for podcast, although it shouldn't anymore because now we're doing more than just podcast stuff under Left of the Dial. But we'll figure that out later. That is not a problem we have to solve today. Uh, you can, of course, also find us at leftthedial.fm, where you can listen to this episode and all of our previous episodes. And assuming we don't get canceled by the network, uh, all of our future episodes as well. <laughs> and that's where you can, of course, find show notes for everything we talked about. And yeah, I think that's the end of my talking. <laughs> that's that's how people say that, right? Um, yes. Cool. So we are. These are human words. These are human words. Uh, Anika, thank you so much for coming. This has been lovely. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Uh, And we're going to listen to Haiku for everything you loved and missed to take us out of the podcast uh, and into your hearts, I guess. I don't know. Go with love. Words are just great. Yes. Words are just coming out of my mouth now. I don't know what's happening. (laughs) It's it's working. It's working. I like it. I love it. Out of out of the show and into your hearts. Out of the show and into your hearts. You know what? Don't don't fuck with our joy. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) This has been left of the dial. I have been Kitsy. Caleb has been Coy. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week.